You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Sink. 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 Ooh, ah. Alright everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you. I am one of your two co-hosts Alex Stiff and sitting with me live from Zoom it's Dave Wyma. What's up? How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. See, I, I tried to stretch the intro long enough that time. That way you didn't get choked out on me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because I was in a pipe? <laughs> yes, I could see what you were doing. And that's why I was stretching it out. I'm like, I'm not having a repeat of last episode. <laughs> was that, was, was, that uh, was I hitting a pipe last episode or was I drinking and I just coughed on you, my... You were taking a drink of water. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But this is a uh, now he's drinking his coffee or his water or something else. His coffee. Okay, I was about to ask if you drank coffee. You you seem like that kind of guy that's either like I live on coffee or fuck no, I don't drink coffee. No, I I I live on coffee. I used to own a coffee shop back in the nineties. Really? Yeah, it was called the Bazorium. It was in uh, Greenwood, Seattle. It It was huge, dude. It was well, it wasn't big, and it was a small place. But it was huge being that, you know, we had like couches and tables and little, this is in the late or early to mid nineties. Right. So we had uh, um, these little uh, 13 inch color TVs and Segas. Do you remember the Sega unit? Oh, which one? Because they had like 20 units. Well, it was a 90 something Genesis, Sega Genesis. I think it was. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the... So I had those on every table and all these games that oh, you could so come cool. in, get coffee and drink. And there was a small pool table in there. It wasn't a regulation size, but it was white and gold. And it looked right out of like the 50s, you know. And oh, wow. um, so we always had this story. And a newspaper came in and did a story on the the, the Bazorian because, you know, Chris Cornell would hang out there, Tad. You know, it was a it was a the Seattle rock and roll coffee shop. You know, that's why I know most of these people is because they were in the. Well, no, I was in the music scene with them too, but that's yeah. probably why they were there because it was a musician's coffee shop, you know. Not to mention it was Seattle. See, th- this was the part I never knew about you. I never really? knew you oh. were in the coffee business at one point. Yeah, yeah, me and my ex-wife. My, so did you? So did you like wife. own the building, or were you like the Renting. operator? I, yeah, I was. I I owned the business that was. It was like you know an apartment basically, but it was a, a storefront. Okay. In a building. And I just rented out that storefront space. I could put whatever I wanted in there. You know, I could have done a nail salon, which I believe it is now. <laughs> <You know>? but, <laughs> well, uh, well, that was what I was going to lead up to asking. Cause you're just like, fuck it. What's what we do on the show? What the hell happened? Why did, why did it close down? Rent um, get too high? No, no, no. The rent was fucking dirt cheap, dude. I think it was like 450 bucks a month. 
back in the 90s. Well, that's not bad at all. No, it was it was really cheap. Um, and it was right on the Greenwood Strip, which was a great place. Right next door to Rocket Comics. Yeah, and then there's a um uh a beauty uh uh what do you call them? Um a call a salon. Co- it wasn't a salon. It was a college. It was where you go to. Get oh, your- cosmetology school. Yeah. Cosmetology school right there on the corner too. So, I mean, I always had this fucking young clientele uh, where I met my second wife. That's probably why the coffee shop closed down. <laughs> was there, so I, always, I always had the clientele coming in and out, in and out, you know? So it was, it was pretty cool. It was a fun place to, to run, but um, yeah, uh, I had it with my first wife, Kelly and um she was in the band control freak. So we'd go off on tours and stuff. So one person would watch the shop, the other person would go on tour, you flip flop, you know, and, uh, that's not she, a bad trade off. Yeah. We ended up getting a divorce for a uh, bunch of bullshit and, uh, she wanted half of the shop. So I sold it and gave her half the shop. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, what well, have you, have you ever considered starting up your own business again? Nah. Not really. I mean, it's Man. such a, it, it it's hard, dude. I'm, I mean, for a young person, yeah, it's, you, you got to work all the time. You know, it's your business. Well, it's what not are you like, doing now? Well, I work eight hours and I have full fucking medical and dental and, you know, five weeks of vacation. Uh, yeah, I'm set, dude. So if I'm working, <laughs> if I, if I'm working, if I'm owning my own place, I got to buy my own health insurance, which is extremely expensive. As you know, how much it, sh- it costs to show you that silver shiny knife to take your tonsils out, you yep. know? <laughs> and um, it's just, and taxes and it's just stressful, dude. I mean, if I, if I came into a lot of money, I'd probably do it, you know, cause, but to get it started up and to try to ride that, no, it's too much. Yeah. What industry did you do you think you'd want to get into now? Now knowing, you know, the coffee business, the music business, you know, what what would be your next venture? Would you want to go back into something like that or would you maybe yeah, want to do pr- something different? I would probably just uh mix it up and do it like uh all all for one and one for all, you know. It's be a coffee I'd definitely do a coffee shop, but it would also be mm-hmm. a a music store, record store, comic book store, you know. Oh, that would be cool. We sell guitars. We sell amps. We fucking sell fucking, you know, uh, comic books. Cafe lattes. And we see (laughs) And lattes. And we also sell sell records. Yeah. Just a little bit of everything. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Basically, Barnes and Nobles is, you know, if you think about it, they got the record store, the bookstore, you know, they got their comic books. They don't have guitars, though. No, they don't have guitars, and I'm I'm also like imagining a section you could have like the the vinyl listening with like the headphones. Oh, that way fuck they yeah! Can like sit Abs- at the table, like they Absolutely. rent out a table. That way they have their own personal turntable. They can put on their uh-huh. vinyl. They've got their headphones. That way they can fuck around on the computer, do whatever yeah, they need to. It's on my island. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for the longest time, there was a uh, there was a restaurant over here in my neck of the woods called the Penguin. Uh, it was kind of like a staple for the neighborhood for the longest time. It was even on uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives on All the right. Food Network. Oh. Yeah. So it was it was like an actual landmark. And if you've watched a uh, Bad Grandpa, it was featured in that movie as well. Um, 
Although I will say, uh, spoiler alert for the movie Bad Grandpa, that scene where Johnny Knoxville Grandpa rolls up to the penguin, there's a really large paper mache type statue of a penguin outside in which the car runs over. That was exist. never theirs. That, right. that was a prop. <laughs> but mm. it was sold as if he just rolled up and destroyed part this of the signage fucking to the I penguin. This iconic store's fucking yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, the penguin never had a little penguin statue like that outside. They may have put it out there for maybe a couple weeks before filming, yeah. just so locals saw it a little bit. But that was never. I know the owners. That was never part of the permanent fixtures. Anyway, the eventually the restaurant shut down, and I was talking with some folks and I wanted to buy it. If I had the money, I wanted to buy it and turn it into a burrito shop. Oh, and yeah. The reason I wanted to turn it into a burrito shop specifically one low overhead, all your mm -hmm. ingredients hold and are really inexpensive. Mm -hmm. And number two, in this bustling neighborhood of mine with all these restaurants, side note, we have three pizza restaurants in the span of two blocks. Okay. Right. We got a fucking problem uh, with all these restaurants and bars and everything else we have over here. Nothing is walk up and go. Yeah. Everything is sit down. Everything is walk in and order. This building has a takeout window. Oh, we yeah, would have been go. exclusively walk up and go. Yeah, and it would and we would have only had two to three burritos on the menu every day. You would have had your one breakfast burrito, your basic ass burrito you can customize, and then the fucked up burrito of the day. Oh, and that's cool. the one that the fat asses like me would be rolling around the corner because guess what? We got beanie weenie and macaroni and cheese burritos today. <laughs> we that, got like the ultimate nacho burrito, you know, just like all this really messed up stuff. But then your really macaroni good, like, and cheese burrito sounds fucking disgusting. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. But you put some of the hot dogs in there like your mama would back when you were a kid you throw in a little bit of the extra gooey cheese figure out a little something extra to put in you make it nice it's not going to be like box mac and cheese it's going to be like you made the shit as you still were opening on, up it's, this morning. it's still on a burrito it's like exactly not right. though and the way right. you're reacting right and the way you're reacting right now it's is my want. promotion it's my promotion yeah, I don't have to sink that much in there because guess what? That's only one burrito a day out of the four or five I've got. Yeah. Only one is the really fucked up one. The rest of them are really nice flavor combinations, but there's always one fucked up burrito. I like and that. That's what gets people talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like so that. someone invest in me. <laughs> Let me open up my fucked up burrito shop. <laughs> so is, is the uh, place still available? It's no longer available. It? It's no, okay. it's kind of it's kind of messed up because um some people took over. Chick fil A took and, it over. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, some folks took it over and local. I, I that's the part I don't fully know is it was a name of a restaurant I had never heard before. They seem local. They seem like a startup or maybe like small franchise where this mm -hmm. would have been like maybe their third or fourth location type thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing corporate. Okay. I don't know what happened, but they got ran out of the fucking neighborhood. People really? were stealing letters off their signs and like just did not make them welcome at 
all. And now there's a new spot there and it doesn't seem huh. to have gotten as much hate. And I don't know what the fuck happened, but they basically got ran out of the fucking neighborhood. Dude, you need to you need to look into that because there's probably a cool fucking story there. You know, I know I really do. It's like I remember you got to do some fucked up shit to get run out like that, dude. Honestly, knowing this neighborhood and knowing the people in it and the way folks react to this sort of stuff, it may have just been like the Jason Newstead Metallica thing. Anyone that replaced Cliff was going to get some shit. Oh, yeah. Any place that replaced the penguin was going to get some shit. I I think it may have just been one of those scenarios is that was but i will look into it yeah did the penguin close down was that during the um the lockdown covid crap did is that why no so no um in, in fact i could probably get some people that were closely involved with all of that on the show to kind of discuss it because it's a really fascinating story and i'm not gonna tell their story but the reader's digest version and the version that was out in the news and everything um was that the owners of the penguin were wanting to renew their property lease because essentially the way it worked is you had the overall owner of the name the owner of the property who happened to also own the name and then the people that were running it and leasing out the name as if they own it so it's like they were buying a fee to use the name the penguin does that make sense oh yeah 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 okay it just so happened that the people that they were leasing the name the penguin from also owned the property because the people that own the penguin name own a lot of property in charlotte they're property owners they they have an entire neighborhood named after this family so when oh big time big time the upper echelon of charlotte type shit um so So after these guys bring this restaurant up from like, you know, dirty dive bar status to like the shining jewel of the Queen City, Mm. all of a sudden they raise rent and licensing fees and then Mm. say, we want to franchise. The people that built it back up to where it was sat here and went, uh, no, we're not interested in that. Why are you raising our rent like twice the amount? Like it's already extremely expensive as is. And like, just because we're on TV doesn't mean we get sales every day. Like that, that's just a nice little thing in our hat that doesn't guarantee continued success. Right. Well, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, you're going to be breaking in the blah, 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 basically made it to where he closed up shop. It's just corporate greed. That's all it is. So a few months later, it opens back up under, quote, new management. And that's the the people that that, same same people that own the property. The people that own the property and own the name reopened it themselves. Gotcha. This okay. Mm-hmm. So it's still the penguin. This isn't the people that got vandalized and shit. Okay. Exactly. At this point, it's still the penguin at Reop. And this is how they're able to twist it in the news. Because remember, I said the guys that built it back up were leasing and purchasing the name and using the rights to use it mm-hmm. because they weren't the original owners. The father of the people that own all the property and the name started it way back in the day. 
Mm-hmm. That's why it worked. So when the new management took over, it was actually his granddaughter. So the new management was actually the old management because exactly. they're, they're, they're the, the original. original management yeah. that drove it into the dirt and yeah. that basically pushed out the current management that built it up to where it was. Yeah. That lasted the total of a year and it shut the fuck down and they sold the name. They no longer leased the name. They sold it to some fucking guy that's recently reopened it in the last two months. Now, bear in mind, the penguin was supposed to be like dive bar food, mac and Uh cheese, chicken, Uh burgers, you know, fries, tater tots, nachos. This new fucking place is selling fish and pho and shit like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it's not even anything close to what the original Penguin was. It's at a different location. It's at a different part of town. The only thing that's similar is the logo is like slightly updated. That's it. So if the Penguin was first taken, uh, ran into the ground by the original owners, why did the second people that came in that made it huge why'd they even keep the fucking name why even lease that why not just call it what you want to call it and create your own thing well because when i say run into the ground i mean like they didn't like get a bad name it was just a dirty dive bar in the middle of plaza and the guy just didn't feel like running it anymore it wasn't as successful as he wanted to be and he rolled up shop the Uh, name was still there the property was still there someone else just swooped in and said yo I'll take over and I'll build it up. Yeah. And he went, all right, well, here's the documents. You know, it costs this much to use the name. It costs this much to use the property. Go on, do your thing. Yeah. Then when he built it up, the grandkids were like, okay, uh, we want it back now. So we're going to squeeze you out until, you know, we get it back. Hmm. Interesting. We had it's, a, it's a crazy ass story. And now they don't own any of it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. We have a, um, there's a a diner in Seattle that was pretty cool. I don't know who, if it's gone through owners or anything like that, but it was called the, uh, the dog house. And it was like all roads lead to the dog house. And the the logo had a big dog in a, in a house, you know, but a lady, like, you know, pointing her finger at him, like you're the man's got busted into the dog house, but it's (laughs) actually a dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this place was fucking great. It was open all night long and it had a bar in it too, a separate bar with a piano player every fucking Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I think the piano player was there. It was, it was awesome. But after John was there (laughs) after, (laughs) you know, you always went there and stuff. So, it was like pretty iconic place. There was a spot uh, when I was on tour with Light Machines. Um, they played, I think, Brooklyn Bowl, which is in Nash- Nashville. And uh, right around the corner from there was this little hole in the wall joint. It was one of the few places still open that seemed like it wasn't going to be like stupidly expensive. And they specialize. I wish I remembered the name. I could probably research it and find it easy i just don't have it pulled up because i didn't think about it but they had the best smash burgers i've ever had in my life Mm -hmm. like that greasy kind Mm -hmm. of potato Mm -hmm. bun the Mm -hmm. thin crispy meat covered Mm -hmm. in the cheese like it was the best smash burger i've ever had in my life and yeah sometimes it seems like just those hole in the wall tiny spots Mm -hmm. really do have the best food yeah 
Yeah. Because they got the old fucking grills that have all that flavor on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and and for some reason, those seem to be the restaurants that are recession proof to a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember uh, when I was working at a call center about maybe three blocks down from the call center was like when I say a hole in the wall joint, I mean, you walk in, there's enough room for one table and three people to stand. That's oh, yeah, it. That's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it. The whole thing was a kitchen with a door in the front essentially yeah and you could get an entire plate of food a can of soda and a dessert for six bucks yeah and it was like that's fucking tight and when i mean like a full plate of food i mean like three pieces of chicken a hefty side a dessert and a drink for six bucks yeah that's insane (laughs) oh yeah that's good <laughs> this is the shit i ate where, there like at le- i was at that call center like five days a week i ate there three <laughs> where, where was it uh it was down on monroe road uh, okay so, i used to, so i used so talking about odd jobs i used to work for a call center it was the charlotte firefighters association mm-hmm. so anytime you've gotten a phone call from those guys putting on that extra voice hey there uh, this is alex from the uh, charlotte firefighter association just giving you a quick call just making sure that uh you've double checked the batteries in your fire extinguishers here i mean your fire smoke detectors here lately because uh yeah i know they'll beep at you if your battery's running low but you know it, your circuitry ain't good in there it's not gonna warn you know we wouldn't want nothing bad happening so about maybe once a month just take your broom handle pop that little button up there just make sure it's good to go you, you do that for me all right well that's good to know hey real quick i'd like to do, do you like sly and the family stone you do well sly ain't with them no more but the family stone's gonna be coming down here to the bojangles coliseum tickets are only 24 bucks each it's gonna be a benefit show for your local firefighters would it be cool if we sent you out a couple tickets and if you decide to come on out just shoot us back a check for one each ticket and you just let me know and i'm happy to hook that up for you i would have to do that all fucking day long wow <laughs> how many people bought how many people bought tickets so this is the obviously biggest there's scam. different different shows all the time but absolutely and it, uh and, it, so, and it's a government uh, scam right because you're doing it for the fire department so here's this is why it's such a fucking scam uh we would call these people up now bear in mind i'm in the charlotte north carolina area but mm-hmm. we would call all the way out to high point which is about maybe three and a half four hours away and we would also call gastonia which is like right on the border of north and south carolina mm-hmm. so we would be calling all these places and we would have to change what we said if we called within our county it was the charlotte firefighter association otherwise it was the gaston county or the yada yada the high point like we would call all these different spots we would call them tell them the ticket price get them locked in for however many they want oh we'll do one we'll do two we'll get their name address all the info we send them the ticket and then they send us back a check that is a donation in air quotes to the firefighters association mm-hmm. the firefighters association are not firefighters oh. the firefighters association is the association for firefighters 
It's that weird, tricky, verbal terminology shit. What we did is we took the money, took some off the top, and then used that money to buy smoke detectors, fire alarms, um, you know, other things that firemen would need that they're not getting so they can provide it to lower income housing. So yes, we are genuinely helping, but these people that are answering the phone because of the way we word things think that if they send us $24 donation for this event ticket, that a firehouse somewhere in town is going to get $24. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the way they think it works. Yeah. Well, nothing works that way though. I mean, not even fucking, I mean, your biggest charities that are, you know, like, uh, um, what's the fucking like red cross or something, you know, you mm-hmm. donate to red cross. Well, the president of red cross doesn't make uh fucking almost a million dollars a year for nothing. A lot of that shit is going to him. You know, you got to pay yep. all your employees and then, you know, and that's what, that's with everything though. But some, some companies the, the inside more than others. <laughs> yeah. And then the inside, and, and this is why I knew it was a fucking scam. So, that's the facing of the company here's what happens inside my pov when i'm making phone calls so i'm looking at this uh dialer i'm having to remember what fake county i'm in Mm -hmm. all the while during lunch break the boss man has his desk facing so okay so imagine we've got like rows of like three desks Mm -hmm. all like uh all facing each other, like half of the room is facing one way, half of the room is facing the other way, so you're all kind of looking at each other or back of the heads of people. In the middle of that, to the left or the right, depending on which side you're sitting on, is the boss man's desk, so he can see everyone at all times. And there's about usually 10 to 15, 20 people on a shift. This whole time, he's opening up envelopes, going, John, two tickets, Alex, one ticket he's rattling off our sales because it doesn't count as a sale unless we get the check back oh because technically the tickets are a donation remember that you're not buying a ticket i'm sending you a ticket for a donation yeah they Mm -hmm. can technically keep the tickets for free yeah that is legal yeah but we don't and and if they ask, we have to say, well, yes, technically the ticket is for free. You can't. It is a twenty four dollar value. Yeah. So, for your yeah. donation. Yeah. It's, it's all that very tricky wording. Do so, you know how often somebody would just go fuck it? I'm going to the show for free. Oh, all the fucking time because the, people yeah. would send out tickets because. You would report in and say, oh, I sent out, you know, let's say 100 tickets this week. Okay. He'll go, okay, I better get 100 tickets worth of money back. Yeah. And if that didn't match up, you'd get in trouble because that meant you weren't doing your sales pitch well enough. That's bullshit. And And here's the additional kicker there were bonuses for how many tickets actually came back with checks. I would think so. So if, would... so if you sold up to a certain amount, it wasn't just like, here's an extra 50 bucks. Get this shit. If your revenue was between this and this, 
-hmm. your hourly was a certain amount. If your revenue was between this and this, your hourly was more. And it would go up in brackets. So if you actually had a killer sales week, for that entire week, your hourly would reflect the previous week's income. So, but it would go back down too. Like if you, it would go back down if your following yeah. week was not as good. Okay. Hmm. So there was one week you could be making like twenty two bucks an hour. Yeah. The next week you're making seven twenty five. But no matter what, you're making. Uh, you don't go to below minimum wage, right? Or would you? If you no, no, no. They they okay. by law you couldn't go below minimum wage because we okay. are a call center. You okay. know, but yeah. but he was able to be like, hey, if you've absolutely killed it the week before, yeah, your hourly, you know, equates to the amount of money you brought them. No, that's cool. That's cool. That sounds like a horrible it, fucking job, though. It was. It, it, it's exactly what you said. It's a cool setup, but a horrible job. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's speaking of uh, fucking your smoke detectors and things. Did you see the fucking pictures of New York? What? Okay, so. Between this part of the reason, all right. So part of the reason today is just a little bit more of a free flow, whatever comes to mind episode is because one, this is the last episode that's going to be recorded in the original Something Good Studios. Oh yeah, this is the very last episode. After this, I am moving. I'm going to be getting a new spot. It's basically going to be exactly this unit, but like mirrored. So it's like everything right now is kind of on the right side of my yeah, apartment. The new, yeah. the new one, everything's going to be on the left side. Well, let, me just, <laughs> let me just flip my screen so I get used to that there. there you yeah, go. exactly. There you go. Oh, so, you. yeah, it's, it's a little weird, but, you know, we'll have to get used to it. But, uh, yeah, last episode in the studios. Uh, but because of that, um, I'll still I be I'll still be here, though, recording in the Fatty Stoke studio. So we're good. <laughs> yes, on my side. Yes, Fatty Stoke Studio is all good. Something Good <laughs> Studios is a makeover. <laughs> um, but with that, I have barely been paying attention to like music news or movie news. Like we recorded Couch Potatoes the other day, and like yeah. thank God we landed on something last minute because we sat down and I was like, I have jack shit between the writer strike and me moving. I haven't seen any pop culture news at all, dude. Wow. <laughs> but. And, and same thing with this. It, I was just like, ah, I've got a couple little ideas, but let's just shoot at the hip and see what happens on here. So, well, well, this ain't pop culture news at all, but I like, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. So by the time this comes out, this would have been, a, this is like a couple weeks ago, but it was, well, like yeah, this wouldn't week. have been something we covered on there anyway. Uh-uh. But I walked outside. So and I like, missed what the, what the hell fuck? happened. Well, ca ca Canada had all these fucking wildfires, you know? And oh, it, see, I was reading it was something like all these different like small islands were catching fire like simultaneously. No, it's uh, Quebec, um, upper uh, eastern Canada was just it was the their largest forest fires they've ever ever had as a continent or a country on wow. that continent. On that continent, I mean, it was bad. It was so bad that Tuesday. I'm not in Canada, all right? <laughs> I walk out my door on Tuesday. I'm like, what the fuck? And I can't, I can't see down my street or anything. And it's just fucking smells horrible. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, dude? And it's like, I look and it's like all oh, these fucking wildfires. And we got all the, the smoke blew in that it was like the, they canceled fucking school here. 
Wow. It was it was hazardous. If you were out in the fucking air for more than like fucking 10 minutes, was they were saying it was like the equivalent of smoking 35 cigarettes in 10 minutes. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was insane, dude. I literally well, see it was it was, it was, it was like a foggy all day, the way down here. Just, yeah, I know. Yeah, you, they said that it got down to like Washington, DC and uh Baltimore mm -hmm. you're not that yeah we, we didn't really get any smog but um I was getting alerts on my phone that like air quality wasn't good and that the elderly and the young you know don't need to go out that like folks like me and you we would have been fine going outside but like if if we had like serious health conditions or were children you know don't have oh, yeah. prolonged periods outside type deal yeah or well, still our air quality is still like not you know it's probably like what yours was then it is now yeah. you know like you can still kind of smell it and shit but i mean it was like they did this like ring and it was like the whole area around syracuse was wasn't their quality wasn't bad it wasn't really bad it wasn't dangerous it was hazardous it was labeled hazardous dude it was like like you know isn't that you like know, the a, second to the highest it's no it is the highest it's the fucking oh, highest. okay i thought that was it's, like second to the highest no it's like when the, you know those radars when there's a storm and like the fucking dark red is like the fucking mother storm that was it it was yeah. all we were the dark fucking red dude it was like fuck. damn yeah i didn't have to work those days though so i was fucking lucky but um, but did you get paid for those days no i was my regular days off and then it rained and it cleared, oh okay it cleared up pretty quick so but see that would have been some bullshit if they were just like yeah you can't come into work because of these horrible hazardous conditions and side note we're not paying you either <laughs> yeah no they fucking uh our store was a little store, caesar's coupon quit crying they went and rented all these air purifiers and they're like industrial air purifiers are about like you know four feet tall by you know they're big metal boxes four feet by four feet you know good size yeah. fucking things and they had like 50 of them all around the fucking store must have costed a fortune for fucking electricity alone let alone how much do those things rent for right but it oh worked. yeah good god even just rental yeah and you know everyone's trying to fucking get them right now so there's oh, a premium yeah, yeah. So they must, yeah. But I mean, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Our Just like now, that. it's like you fucking walk into 7-Eleven, buy a big gulp, and they're like, here's a free thing, a hand sanitizer. <laughs> 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 when back then, it was just like, hey, man, you got an ounce of sanitizer? Yeah, for 10 bucks, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's funny. The, uh, the last... I, I wasn't going to talk about this at all when I was working there, but uh, and they're still trying to figure out what the hell to do with it. And I will still won't name their name, but the last warehouse I worked at, um, it was for primarily. <laughs> 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 well, uh, it was a men's warehouse, but not for uh, food. Uh, it was for like <laughs> vitamin supplements and pre workout. It was oh, that kind of I warehouse. Got, yeah, that I kind of men's warehouse. Yeah, I, got um, I know what you're talking about. But in the middle of all of our whey proteins and pre-workouts and energy drinks and all this other crap, in between the shelves and shelves and shelves of that, there was an entire section of the warehouse dedicated to pallets and pallets and pallets of masks and hand sanitizer oh. that they purchased 
at the beginning of lockdown, hoping to flip it. Yeah. And now they're sitting with pallets and pallets of the shit, and they uh, can't fucking give it away. Oh, that's funny, dude. They should have been the fucked fucking up thing. selling it when it was everybody needed it. Nope. And here's the fucked up thing. We know this as logical, free-thinking human beings. Hand sanitizer does not expire. Yeah. It's it's a fucking sanitizer. It doesn't yeah. expire. Yeah. They print expiration dates on these fucking bottles. Well, I'm so sure that, I'm sure the there, strength of it does uh, deteriorate after time, but I mean, you're, we're talking a lot of time. Yes, like 20 years time. <laughs> yeah. Um guess who was sitting there for hours on end wiping expiration dates from these pallets? Oh yeah, that's bottle funny. per bottle because we get the fucking goo off, spray it on the microfiber cloth. Next one, next one, and it's like you're getting fucking like a contact high from all this fucking goo gone. <laughs> huh? I wonder if that that's interesting because yeah, I, I I get the the it doesn't expire, but you're. There's an expiration date on there, and this company is deliberately removing the expiration date. There's a, po a possible lawsuit right there, dude. A oh, big I'm one, totally too. I'm fully aware, and, and that's why I'm being nice and not saying their name. Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, it, I, it, dude, if I can sue these guys and get that money, I'll fucking open up that fucking coffee shop, record label, I'll, comic I'll book thing, <laughs> store. <laughs> no, I'll tell you this. Unfortunately, they have no money to get. That's part of the reason I even had to leave, is I was busting my ass trying to help them get like more sales and like boost up their um, uh, eBay site because that's all they sell through is through eBay. Yeah. And um, but so. <sighs> They they couldn't pay me more than the they they couldn't pay me as much as I'm getting paid now working at a fucking smoke shop. Yeah. Gotcha. So it goes. So they they have no excuse me. They have no money to give. <laughs> as I have no fucks, they have no cash. Exactly. <laughs> Something gotta give. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about my coffee shop, guitar amp, guitar store comic book everything if you got to pick a guitar to buy right now what would it be i mean like hey you just you just want it all right so you just get to pick it my top two in, under under like let's say five thousand dollars don't go for fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan Strat or something, you know? <laughs> uh, well, I have, I don't have an exact price on these. I, ha I have a good feeling. Neither one is this expensive though. Um, either a mid sixties Gibson melody maker, mm -hmm. kind of double cutaway look like what Joan Jett had one yeah. of those. And kind of like that off cream, almost yellow color, kind of like that TV yellow, a little bit more faded. That's what I, that's, Dude, I'm going with the Les Paul special TV yellow, dude. That's mm. with the two uh, with see, the with the two soap bar and P90s. That see, I want that, that guitar bad. It. I want that guitar. That used bad. to be it until I played a melody maker. 
And of course, you know, they've got fucking mirrors all over the place because they know musicians are fucking vain and they want to see what the guitar looks like on them. And yeah. as soon as I turned and looked in the mirror, I was like, Ooh, this fits. Oh, this <laughs> looks right. Like it just, it clicked. I was just like, Oh, Oh, this works. This, yeah. I like this kind of thing. The second one, I don't know how it would look on me. I've never got to hold one in person. I've got about maybe two or three people I know in the U.S. that are just like, bro, if the fill-ins ever come to town, I'm meeting up with you and you got to play this thing on stage. A 1970s Paul Stanley Iceman. Oh, <laughs> I know you were going to say it. But no, no, I, I well, I, I'll love tell you. I'll tell you Iceman. what it is. It'll look really stupid on you because it looks <laughs> stupid on anybody. <laughs> no, the Iceman is fucking cool. The black with kind of almost the um, mother of pearl trim. Oh, yeah. bro. It's fucking, it's sick. I've, it's so I've, sick. I've never liked it. I've never liked the Iceman. And I've, it, I, I, I put that in the same category with like the BC riches, you know, and the, you know, those warlocks and shit. There's just too. Oh, see, I think those are goddamn horrible. Yeah, they are. That's why I'm saying <laughs> I, put it, I put them together. <laughs> we'll see. And, well, I don't know. And maybe my backup on that one, if I'm not going to go like something quite as extreme is um, I've always been a fan of a black flying V with a um, mirror pit guard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See, that would be if I'm going odd shape, it's Explorer flying V, dude. Explorer for me is a little too metal. I've not Explorer seen like go everywhere though. Cause there are so many fucking bands that rock the, especially in the Seattle area that rocked the Explorer. You know, it was like, really? and, I'd see, oh, I'd, yeah. see the Explorer doesn't even seem like a Seattle grunge type guitar either. It's well, that's the thing is there really isn't a, a grunge guitar. That was more I like mean, the fucking PV double swoopy looking thing. <laughs> the, you know the, i'm talking fucking, about my first guitar shape <laughs> yeah yeah um pv's actually had some good guitars dude that, that mean, was my first guitar was it a t50 or a t30 do you remember or was it a t15 it or was you know the it was the baby's first guitar shape whatever that is <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you know what i'm talking about the the traditional like imagine a guitar it's the woo on one side and the tiny little yeah. woo on the other and then the yeah. Wah, but <laughs> yeah yeah it was funny as non-musicians are sitting here going what is he doing but every musician followed my sound effects and went oh oh yeah yeah i know what he's talking about yeah, absolutely <laughs> you didn't even need your you don't even need to see your finger doing it but no nope. Explorers just have that fucking tone because when you say grunge guitar, I mean, I I think most people will think of like a, a jazz master, Jaguar, uh, Strat, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Fender, you know, and mostly the that offset, you know, Mustangs and you know the Fenders with the little offset, like a jazz, a jazz master, Jaguar. Those look other. cool. Yeah, yeah, like like this. Yes, exactly like that one. Yeah, and soon, um, and soon, listeners will uh, be able to see um, the Fatty Stokes Studio and Dave's awesome guitar. Uh, unless I break it. <laughs> 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 well, 
you might not see that guitar. There might be a different one there, but um, yeah, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a Gibson, you know, so I, I want a Les Paul really bad. I do. So that's. Yeah. And I would have said a black Gibson would have been my number one. If um, my stepfather, Eric uh, hadn't gifted that to me for Christmas years and years ago, because um, I'd always play with it. Like when we were at the house and everything I was like, Oh, this thing plays so well. It's not the other. And I'd beg him for it. Beg him for it. The music, you can play it as much as you want while you're here, but no, you're not going out and playing with it. You're not doing any of that. You can jam it as much as you want when you're here. I'm like, okay, fine. And then a couple of years removed from me moving out, um, he was doing the, you, you, I finally got to that age and I think this was the last year they were able to like genuinely pull it off doing the whole now Christmas isn't going to be anything big for you this year. And then they surprise you with something big. They like, they yeah. try lowering the expectations so yeah. low so yeah. they can really boost it on up kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I had already moved out of town and, um, this was in the middle of, of um, mom and stepdad splitting. So he was even sending me a message. He's like, hey, dude, he goes, you know, it's going to take a lot for me to, you know, come into town, you know, between everything else. He goes, you know, man to man, you know, I'm kind of hurting some. So, you know, I don't think we can really do a lot for Christmas. He's already pulling now. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, I understand, which I didn't care. I just want to see folks. I never, I've never been a gift kind of guy. Yeah. So I didn't care. I'm like, okay, whatever. And he does. He gives me a little card. It's got some cash in. He goes, I got one more thing. And he pulls out the guitar. I'm like, oh, holy fuck. I said, I thought you said you weren't doing anything. But he goes, he goes I didn't have to buy this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But That's no, a- so it's. So it's like ever since then, it's like, and I may be butchered in the story to a point, but it's like that was the main gist of the Christmas. And it's just ever since then, that has been my number one guitar because when I got it, the pickup that you primarily use a lot of the um i think there's wax in the wrapping inside of a pickup i believe is it is it a a humbucker that's got like a chrome cap on it yeah yes yeah that when they wrap the pickups uh they yeah they a lot of them will put wax in it which so take if you take it out dude it'll it'll sound way fucking better well, this was the problem is it was just extremely dirty. So you would turn it on and you would immediately hear almost like a jingling. Yeah. Like it almost sounded like a, like my, my cat just hopped up on the couch. It almost sounded like a tiny cat bell jingling yeah. really fast in it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and it almost became unusable because as soon as I put any distortion on it, yeah, feedback and like a motherfucker. It didn't matter if I was 10 feet, 20 feet away from my amp. It was going to start ringing. Yeah. And finally, I swapped it out for a, a super distortion that I had. And I passed it off to a guy. He rewired it for me, got it hooked back up. I plugged it in. And within just a simple A chord, I was like, oh, shit. This is my guitar now. There's nothing else like this is it. And it's like ever since then, I've kind of maybe I've kept like backups, you know, maybe for like a random show. You know what? I'm actually am kind of feeling a little bit of a different visual look by the end of the show, though. There's tiny parts that I'm sitting here going like, "Ah, I would have been more comfortable with my Gibson. Mm, What's your what's your backup? I have a couple Epiphone backups, and that was part of the reason. And and I was always an Epiphone guy, and I'm still not anti Epiphone. Oh no, I think I love they're Epiphone. fantastic. Yeah, um, for, all for my, the money, they're great. They're amazing. 
Oh yeah. Uh, so I've got a, I've got a junior that I used to use a lot. That was like my number one go-to for a while and it's all stickered up and banged up and now without strings or a bridge. Is, I mean, is it a, it's, it's, is it it's a almost an cut? art piece at this point. Nope. Single cut. But it's got a P90 in it, doesn't it? The one bridge pickup, right? It's only got yeah, one. And, pickup and it was in like, it. and it was like, and it was like 150 bucks. Oh, wow. That's what I'm talking about. Like one of those, one of those Epiphone juniors. Okay. Well, I mean, they still have Epiphone juniors that are like around 600 bucks, but yeah. Yeah. No, th- this is one of those, that was one of those cheapy $100, $200 Epi juniors with the single bolt, pickup, two knobs. Bolt, bolt on neck right bolt on neck okay yeah. gotcha yeah yeah All yeah right. and, and that thing is just thrashed now it's like it's so covered yeah. in stickers it has doesn't have strings or a bridge on it i mean i need to just put it up on the wall and use it as an art piece at this point but um i also have a guitar from the slick brand i don't know what that which is. was um oh god that was a session guitarist um Ah, shit, I'm pulling it up real quick because I really like the um, style of it. I just really need to get it fixed up because I'm someone that likes uh, low action on their guitar, and the action on this is still just really high. It's um, Slick guitars were designed by Earl Slick. Uh, He wound up working with David Bowie, John Lennon, Yoko, uh, and Robert Smith. So uh, he's so he's got a resume, but yeah, he's got his own guitar brand. And they're, they're, they say they're good, or not them. The other people are saying these are good guitars. Yeah, so they, I've I've still got one of those in my arsenal, right. but I just I really just need to get it fixed up and cleaned up because it's like the really nice wood grain, like it looks like raw. Oh yeah, I love that. Really cool. I like seeing uh, wood grain through the stain more yeah. than I like. Just, just like, uh, like my, uh, I do have an Epiphone Les Paul too, and it's just black. But um, I just got that Music Man, and it's you can't see any wood grain in it. It's baby blue. It's a strap mm-hmm. style, you know. Um, but I just, I want to see wood grain. There's no wood grain on it, but it's a fucking amazing fucking guitar. It's so good, and I still, yeah, I've had it for what almost two and a half months now. I still, it's still in tune. That's the oh, craziest. that's great. That's the craziest thing to me, dude. And the tremolo, it's on a floating trim. And it's fucking totally just still in tune, dude. I check it every fucking day. No, still don't have to turn the tuner. That's crazy. And I wank on the bar, too, dude. <laughs> wank on that bar, dude. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of, like, the TV yellows and whites and blacks and shit like that, um... And I know it even changes for each guitar because not every color works for every guitar. But what would you say universally are your favorite guitar colors that Uh, aren't like a black or a white or something like that? My favorite would be like a bourbon burst, like a brown, like a a wood grain going into a dark black, you know, a burst. Uh, Sunburst. So that is a tobacco burst. No, a bourbon burst. Tobacco burst is like. Okay. Tobacco burst oh, okay. is a little bit darker than uh, ice tea burst, mm-hmm. but it's similar to the t- tobacco burst. It's just a little darker and a little more red. Okay. In it. Yeah. See, there's I, a, I there's a, you said it because mine is the tobacco of, burst. Uh, <laughs> see, I love the tobacco burst too. That's, uh, that's one of my favorites too. 
I would go first off, but Bourbon Burst is my favorite just because it's darker and it's just so fucking, oh, it just looks, it looks beautiful. And then um, Tobacco Burst, tea, Ice Tea Burst, fucking uh, Sun Burst, all those are like right there on top. The ones I don't like are like the Blueberry Burst, the Silver Burst, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like a Silver, well, a lot of people love Silver Burst. I can't stand them. You know, the black to gray. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those either. Although an all silver guitar. Oh, yeah, I do. Cool. Like yeah. over with a sparkle on it. Yeah. Or uh, um, except for that fucking Paul Stanley thing that do you remember that? Was that who made that guitar? Was it Ibanez? Which uh, the original a, Ibanez was. And it was uh, all Paul Stanley. It, and it was all silver, right? It looked like a. Had, uh, he, he had an all black one, and then he had a cracked mirror one. That's the one I'm thinking of, the cracked mirror one. That thing was. That's badass, dude. That's you shut your up. whore mouth. No, that's fucking. That's just straight up stupid. But. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but, but Paul Stanley <laughs> is pretty stupid, too, so. <laughs> um honestly though well i know i know that's why you didn't i didn't even respond i'm just like what the fuck ever <laughs> um but honestly i can only think of two guitar styles that this color does not look good on it doesn't look good on a flying v and it wouldn't look good on an explorer what the but, burst no the color i'm about to say oh okay a sparkle blue. Oh. I don't know how that like would look. Like a boat, like, like almost a light boat blue with that sparkle on top. Yeah. Imagine that on a double cutaway. Imagine that on a, imagine that on a telecaster. I'm, I'm getting thrown with the sparkle, though. It's just like, I don't. Well, but I don't it's not a like... heavy, it's not like a heavy glitter. It's like a boat sparkle. It's yeah, like, like from a distance, it just looks blue, like, like or, the, or a car sparkle. That's what I was gonna say. Like in the late seventies, they had all that sparkle in the the paint of the cars. Yeah, so it wasn't like big chunks. It's not like yeah. you know, soccer mom bedazzled her phone or nothing. But and it's what, just and, a little blue? extra shimmer when the light hits it. And blue, you said blue, right? Yeah, kind. Of, yeah, not like a dark marine blue, and not like a soft powdery, you know, light blue, but kind of like in the middle, like a comic okay. book blue. Okay, yeah, 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 that might be cool. Yeah, that that my uh, light blue guitar is real. It's like a like a real light blue, like sky blue. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. And see, and that works without the sparkle. Yeah, I like a really light flat. sky blue as well. Yeah, it's the opposite of sparkle. It's fucking flat. <laughs> oh, so it, so it, it's a matte finish. It doesn't even have yeah. the um, gloss on top. Have you have you not seen it? I don't think so. You have to shoot uh, me a photo on. of it later. It's right here. <laughs> all my all my guitars are hanging. Oh, that's sick. Okay, so imagine that shade about maybe two, three shades darker with that little bit of sparkle on it. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see that a little darker than that with sparkle. Yeah, just a little darker. Not just not by much. But yeah, uh I would say that's probably my favorite like non-conventional color right next to like a tobacco starburst, but the tobacco really only works on or sunburst rather. That only really works on a less Paul style body. Oh, now you got Fenders, Strats, dude. They're the Strats probably made the the fucking sunburst popular. You don't think the Les Paul did? 
Well, I think Strat's the cherry. I think uh, I think I thought the, the cherry. I thought the cherry sunburst was one of the ones that like really launched it. I, I could be completely for, wrong, but that was at for, least my assumption for Gibson. But I I pretty sure the Stratocaster was the, the 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 Fender Leo Fender was the one who came out with the burst before Gibson. Pretty sure, but I might like be wrong. I, I, I might I be wrong say, too. You, I'll that's take how I remember. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't state a, a fact that I know about it. I just heard about that, and I don't know where I've heard that from. So that's that's, that's cool. interesting, though. Who started the? I'm looking it up. That's what I am doing. It was created when Lloyd. Oh, it was it was Gibson. You're right, uh, Lloyd oh, Moore, the acoustic genius at Gibson in the early 20s, came in drunk one morning and puked all over a mandolin. He was he was building this. This was the famous F5 that was uh, that was to want. What the fuck? Are you reading a parody article? No. <laughs> <laughs> So homeboy came in drunk one day and puked all over his mandolin and said, oh, look at that. That's a new paint style. Never <laughs> <laughs> mind, Fender can have the, it. <laughs> the acoustics genius at Gibson in early 20s, early 20s, that's really early too, came in drunk one morning and puked all over a mandolin he was building. It was the famous F5 that he was building uh, for Bill Monroe whoever that is who scraped the sunburst finished off after he found out how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> so the very first sunburst guitar was a mandolin and it was caused by puke. And the very first sunburst, well, it wasn't a guitar. It was a mandolin a finish is doesn't exist anymore. Cause he scraped it off. So that's fucking, Damn. that's fucking interesting. All right. Well, yeah. you can't say that there's something good for you doesn't fucking teach you nothing. I learned something new today. I did. I did too. But you're right, though. I mean, that's cool. You know, you were saying it was Gibson. But honestly, though, I may be right only on technicality. You may be still correct in that it was uh, applied to the first guitar from Fender. Like even oh. though Gibson may have came up with the pattern design due to yeah. old drunky over there puking on a mandolin, but <laughs> uh, yeah. but Fender may have gotten word of that and went, well, "What if we did it the right way with paint and put it on this guitar here?" <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the very first uh, sunburst finished Fender I saw, you know, and that was probably I can't think of it, you know. It had to be something like the Dave Clark Five or something like that, but I don't think those were Fenders. I think those were like uh, silver tones. I want the uh, I want Hulk Hogan's American flag guitar. Oh, do you from Real American? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm, oh, not gonna, uh, I'm not going to put a flag on any guitar. Guitars are too cool for flags. <laughs> But you're meaning to tell me that if you were given the chance to own the guitar from that, I am a real American, fight for the rights of every man. Um, you're meaning to tell me you wouldn't want that up on your wall. 
No, I would sell it though. I would take it and sell it. Oh, I would, I would, I would put it on my wall with a little mini speaker next to it with that song on loop, very low, <laughs> very quiet, very, very, very quiet. <laughs> very quiet. You got to hear it like when you walk up to it, it. Like in the other room, it sounds like someone's playing like something on their phone, like very, very, very quiet. And it's like, what is that sound? And it's like, oh, it's the spirit of Hulk Hogan's guitar radiating off my wall. <laughs> <laughs> So you have to have the speaker right behind the guitar so you don't see it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then a good the whole idea. time it just sounds. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was never. I was never a Hulk Hogan fan ever. I I liked the idea. I think the I think I always liked the idea of wrestling more than wrestling. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I liked the personalities. Like, I liked the Hulk Hogan character. I liked the Macho Man Randy Savage character. You know, yeah. I liked seeing the the promos they had cut. And the, let me tell you something, brother. It's going to be you and me in the ring for five minutes of playtime. You know, it's like shit like yeah. that. that. That was that is the kind of stuff I enjoyed. But by the time the match started, I quickly lost interest. I was more interested in these off the wall crazy characters more than the actual fighting. Yeah. I like like uh when I think of wrestling, I just go to like uh uh Piper, you know. Mm -hmm. And then uh and uh Mankind, you know, Chris Foley, you know. And that's oh, yeah. that's about that's about it. Or Cactus Jack, he was also called. That's about it though. Everybody else just kind of really fucking annoyed the fuck out of me. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> And, well, the little bit of um, wrestling stuff I actually do like is uh, both Cap and my old roommate Chris, uh, co-host of the Couch Potatoes. Um, the two of them were really getting into a series called um, Behind the Ring or something mm -hmm. like that. And it was a bunch of stories about old wrestling stuff. And the story of New Jack is fucking insane, dude. And like, there was this, like... Who's New Jack? Uh, New Jack was kind of an underground wrestler that would take everything way too far and would actually earnestly try to murder people in the ring. Oh, Not like as yeah. big as yeah. like, oh no, you fucked me up a couple weeks ago. I'm about to end your life for real if it, the bell doesn't stop me first. Yeah, like setting up TV. matches and like and and like not playing because it's not as much of a taboo to say anymore. There's kayfabe, there's acting, whatever you want to call it. Oh in yeah, absolutely. Wrestling. Absolutely. So there would be certain setups. Like, okay, we're gonna take you to all the way over here. You're gonna fall. You're gonna get hit. You're gonna get hurt. But it's a planned hit and it's a planned fall. Yeah. New Jack what? would not follow along with those plans and oh, then like okay. do like intentionally hurt. And like, so, there was one specifically where he took him like all the way up to the top of a cage in a cage match. And this part wasn't supposed to happen. Basically knocked the motherfucker out, picked him up and threw him off the top of the cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and so it was in many different ways. He was not trying to be a sportsman. He was trying to get away with literal, literal murder. Uh, interesting. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, that's like I mean, the tiniest broad strokes of this guy. It's a fascinating, fascinating story.
we all kn- knew that it was i mean you said like you can say it now because we know but i mean dude we everybody knew back from the early days because we watched it people don't move yeah like that. but you know what <laughs> you can see i a think at the same time I think at the same time, it was also one of those where folks knew it wasn't real. They knew it was the guy's version of a soap opera. Yeah. But as long as they said it was real, like Santa Claus, as long as you believe it's real, you know, that kind of thing. I I think that's more or less... It works Where really well. Their it, thought process. It, it works. Yeah, that that whole theory works really well in America, as we see over and over and over. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> say it's no true. No shit. Um, <laughs> fucking uh, dude. The one storyline that I thought was fucking hilarious is when. Uh, do you remember the Big Show? Yes. And uh, uh, my, uh, Jerry, um, fucking what's his last name? Butler, Jerry Butler, fucking uh, my old co- podcast dude, the guy, uh, mm-hmm. he would, he looked like him, dude. People would stop him all yeah. the time and say, dude, you look like the big show. Now, the big yeah, show, I, I it. when, yeah, when the big show came, except he's fucking five, eight or something, you know, or the big show's fucking <laughs> seven feet tall. Um, when he came on, do you, I don't know if you knew the story or not because it went away, but when he came on, they, promoted him as Andre the Giant's son. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that interesting. was interesting. Yeah. So he could walk right into a rivalry a rivalry with um Hulk Hogan. And that's why he got ah. successful so fast because he got they just made up this fucking story that you're gonna be fucking Andre the Giant's son, dude. And you know, now you have this fucking back lore, you know. Which I thought was kind of cool, but um, it is. But are we going to just straight up lie about who your daddy yeah. is? Yeah, because it's acting, dude. I mean, they lie about that shit all the time on every television show you see, you know, unless it's reality television, which I believe is still a lie. Yeah, too. but it's real to me. Scripted. Even even the fucking well, that, NFL. That's, a topic. <laughs> that's a topic we could do because there in the late 90s. Uh, there was a lot of musicians that were getting wrapped up in the wrestling scene. Uh, Kiss did a segment, um, Misfits were on, and there was a couple other musicians that had little bouts in wrestling. Really? So we could actually, go back and, uh, That actually wrestled? That actually wrestled or had a major tie-in to a wrestler. So, oh, like, okay. for instance, with Kiss, they never wrestled. But they had a wrestler named The Demon that would come out in Gene's makeup while Kiss is playing music in the arena during the fight. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I then, know that. Like they, with they, the Misfits, Vampiro was kind of like their tag team partner, but Jerry Only and Doyle would also get in the ring and fight with Vampiro. Interesting. Yeah, so that, that could be a little subsection we go down the a history of musicians and rock stars getting associated with the wrestling of the late yeah. to early thousands or who's got the best fucking entrance theme song because most of them fucking suck. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I mean, uh, wh- whoever had the fucking motorhead song kind of wins. Yeah. <laughs> who, who did, who had that? Uh, I'll look that up real quick. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember, dude at all 
But yeah, you that's true. Whoever had that one would be definitely the winner. There's so many of them are so fucking bad. Triple dude. H. That's Triple it. H had um a, a nobody. What did you yeah. say? Triple H was the best. Fuck you. We can even and remember. It was a song name. called The Game. Ah, yeah. Should've and I remember listening to the song and being like, that's that's not too bad. But yeah, so uh, whoever Triple H wins because he wound up getting fucking Motorhead to write him a fucking intro. I, I don't know how he is as a wrestler. I don't know how he is as a personality, but you get Motorhead to write you an intro. You kind of win. Was that <laughs> did did they write it for him or did he just say, hey, I want to use this as my intro? That I don't know. We'll have to go into that dive yeah. when we go through the topic. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing it, that it was a Motorhead song that he wanted to use. And Lemmy's like, yeah, sure. I'm almost dead anyway. Go yeah, for sure, it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, what the fuck ever? I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Lemmy, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little Lemmy. It's a little Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both. It sounded like Lemmy, though. I could have closed my eyes and. Uh, well, that sounds like Ozzy. If I close my I, I, eyes forever, I can see. I, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the I worst remember when that came ballads. on. Oh, you hate that ballad? I hate that ballad. I, I'm not a big Lita Ford fan, though, either. See, mom loved Lita Ford. She loved all that stuff. And she also loved Ozzy. And I remember when we got VH1 Classic, like it was, and we got it like early on because we already had like direct TV for a while. And like she was excited as fuck when they announced like VH1 Classic and yeah. all that stuff. So was she big as in the soon was, as, she, was she big on the runaways too before? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's right in her prime, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, how, how old's your mom? She's like, like, she's like my age, right? Or is she younger than me? That, that honestly, I don't know because mom and I don't talk about her age, <laughs> so her age is kind of nebulous in my mind. So I honestly don't know. Um, I, yeah, relatively close. I know that. Um, I know her husband's older than her, and I think he just turned sixty. Yeah, so he's right there with me because I turned sixty. I'm on my next birthday, so yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So either way, um. She yeah, so anything from like Kiss to Runaways to Depeche Mode to ABBA to you know Poison and Motley Crue and stuff like that. She she liked a little bit of all of it. When we got VH1 Classic though, she left that thing on twenty four seven because of course no matter what came on, she'd find something she liked unless it was like you know Rat yeah. <laughs> or 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 Poison. You know there's a certain ones that she was like you know we can we can. See you just said she liked Poison. Channel. You just said I meant like my, the, the, the stuff like that, but no, she oh, didn't like okay. poison itself, okay. but stuff like that. Because you she, said she rat, was more, I'm like, fuck, rat's better than poison. <laughs> uh, no, Not she much. didn't like rat poison, <laughs> uh, but she liked Cinderella. Yeah, a lot of people did. That's you know, that wasn't a big Cinderella fan. Either. I didn't that whole that, that, that whole that was, era I of music that there. Hair metal. Yeah, I considered that, that hair metal. Uh, hair metal ACDC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think about the vocal tonality and the basicness of yeah. the riff, but then the production of the sound. Yeah. That whole era, though, is like I fucking didn't even pay it attention. You know, that 
I I didn't like it. It was on the radio. I turned the radio off. But we in Seattle we had KCMU, <laughs> so we could listen to the radio that would play good music. You know, exactly. So, we, so we'd be getting wire and television and buzzcocks and shit while these people are listening to fucking Motley Crue and Poison. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I remember specifically when Close My Eyes video came on one day. She called me in from my bedroom. Yes, I walk in and it's this slow ass fucking song, and I'm like, "What?" She goes, "Ozzy sings on this," and she knew I was an Ozzy fan. I was like, "Okay." When he came on and just started doing that belt, now if I close my eyes forever, and he's like staring down the barrel of the fucking camera, coked yeah. out of his fucking mind with his spiky white hair. Yeah. I'm like. I don't like this. I like the Black Sabbath video I saw a couple hours ago. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> this scares me. <laughs> yeah. Black Sabbath was supposed to scare me. This actually scares me. <laughs> yeah. Strangely, the Sabbath just made me feel comfortable. And, and this Yeah, scares- yeah. I had a good time watching that. <laughs> yeah, same. That's what I- And actually... And it's funny because of VH1 Classic, I can remember the first time I actually visually saw some of these bands I had been hearing for a long time because we had internet, but it was dial up. You know, we we were on the cusp of getting broadband by this time, DSL. Um, We were on the cusp of getting that around this time. So I wasn't hopping on YouTube and like looking up bands. I was hopping on YouTube and looking up specific things because I had to have a game plan in order to make sure I saw what I wanted to see before the internet cut out or an hour or two passed and I only saw one fucking thing. Right. Um, So I remember the very first time I saw Black Sabbath it was a in-studio performance of Paranoid. And I remembered as clear as day, the background was them playing, but with effects on them. So like oh, yeah. the people, mm-hmm. the camera was like really far back. So you could see like the whole band, mm-hmm. but behind the band was close-up shots of like Ozzy singing mm-hmm. with like this rainbow effect and like yep. this trippy psych- yeah. psychedelic stuff on it. I remember that and video. That- totally. Left such an impression on me, just being like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" And it was a version of Paranoid I'd never heard before. It was like a live in studio thing before there were music videos, yeah. so it was like seeing you know Tony playing the solo and like seeing the energy Ozzy had and just him just yeah. like do bobbing his head like this the entire fucking song. And it's just like yeah. these guys are so fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, you, yeah. You're a little too young to remember the, uh, but you probably know it from reruns or YouTube. Is the Don Kirshner's rock, rock show? I think it was every Friday night. You know? Yes. That was fucking because I was like in eleventh, tenth, tenth, eleventh grade. You know, we'll always fucking watch that. You know, came on like at eleven, eleven o'clock at night, and just like oh, go, yeah, boom, every Friday night. That's the first time yeah, I saw so Prince. St- was really? that con- yeah controversy was uh um uh, he had a video on there and was like oh this is fucking cool dude <laughs> it's See, so i different. always associate that show with the ramones because the ramones yeah. were on there a lot yeah ramones uh pat benatar um mm-hmm. blondie what was another mm-hmm. one that was on there a lot i don't know but yeah yeah but yeah the ramones oh and, and there we go. There's another topic idea. Um, classic 
um, music television. Because, oh, yeah. of course, I mean, we grew up knowing about TRL and, you know, the MTV era and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Well, what about the before the MTV era when you had, you know, Dick Clark's, you know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that? And, you know, the bandstand and shows. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that might be something fun to go down is music television before music television. Yeah. Well, that's what that Don Kirchner's was, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you know they didn't even in Canada, they didn't even have MTV until like 2000? Really? Yeah, isn't that bizarre? Well, didn't they have something like Liquid TV or something? They they had they had, they had their mu- own much version. much music is what they much had. Much music. Okay, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I was going to say I knew they had their version of MTV. I just I was surprised it wasn't like by but name. But that but that didn't start till like fucking 4 or 5 years after MTV. Mm-hmm. Might have been oh, like and another show. Years, but yeah, another show we could discuss on there is uh the old gray whistle test. Oh yeah, fuck which yeah. Was, which was the uh, English version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fuck. That was a yeah. great show. The, yeah. And- so music television before music television. That might be uh-huh. a fun episode. Yeah. All right. I'll get I'll get my pen out and start studying. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're not finished up here quite yet. It's almost, about but not yet. To, almost, but not yet. We got to dig on into that Spotify playlist and we got to figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. Alright, Dave, what the hell have you been listening to? Well, uh, this week I'm, I'm going to go with uh, probably the most I've listened to this week is uh, Buzzcocks, and I haven't been listening to them in a while, so I kind of went on a... Really? I, Buzzcocks? That, that's one I hadn't heard of in a minute. Oh, God, they have so many good songs, dude. <laughs> They're so fun to listen to. If you like uh, that early pop punk, you know, like we're talking 70s pop punk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good shit. They, you you get a lot of fucking, uh, you you hear a lot of uh, their music in a lot of people's bands nowadays. Yeah, there's um, there's some Buzzcock stuff I really like. Um, of course, the one that immediately comes to mind is uh, Ever Fall in Love um yeah that's and, and that's the main that's the main one that pops in my head mainly well, because uh it even got to the point where someone covered it for a shrek <laughs> two or something like that did they i don't remember yeah like that i'm 99 percent sure that song was covered in a uh, shrek two ah uh, it probably was sadly but yeah and it was probably that fucking stupid fucking band that covered it the uh smash mouth actually no uh I can pete thank yorn, god oh, okay pete, pete yorn covered ever fallen in love for shrek 2 did he do a good job at it it's been forever since i saw that movie so i'm honestly not sure i'm not a hater on that movie i don't like it for the memes i think the memes are a bit ridiculous but like as an actual film the first two genuinely aren't bad i wouldn't call oh, yeah. them favorites i wouldn't call yeah. them classics but if someone before all the fucking ridiculous meme shit happened, if something was like, hey, put on Shrek one or two, I'd be like, all right, whatever. 
You know, is, is that what? Yeah, like they're just, really? we're watching one of those because it was no, actually pretty funny. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good movie. I mean, I get a little tired of Mike Myers, but um, I mean, that's classic Myers, though. Uh, you know, and the premise of it is really funny. You know, yeah, fucked up fairy tales. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's it was well, making it's well fun written. of all the classic fairy tales. So yeah, so so what what uh Buzzcocks record would you recommend the listeners take a look at? Oh, dude, what record? There's too many of them. I would just I'm going by songs and just go uh like oh why can't I touch it? Do you remember that one? No, I don't remember that one. It's the one that's like I can't see it. I can't feel it. Dude, you're not edit the shit out, okay? <laughs> I was about to say I don't know if I want to edit that out or leave it in. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would go with orgasmatic and and why can't I touch it? Do you remember orgasmatic? <laughs> no, why don't you sing me a little bit of that one too? Because you're an orgasmatic. Actually, yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> That's what's <laughs> fucked up is when you did that. I was like, oh, shit, I actually do remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Fucking great song, though. Why can't why can't I touch it? It's just it's the same riff for the whole fucking song. But it's such a great song, dude, because it, it's just that groove that they do every once in a while. They do it so well. Yeah. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. the book. I always love the book. And uh, of course, do have to mention for uh, Mr. Davy Dirt in our Discord, old dear friend of mine, practically my brother. Uh, Rancid's new record came out, uh, Tomorrow Never Comes. And I'm honestly just not a big Rancid fan to start with. I gave it a shot. I, I'm sorry, buddy. This, this record li- ain't for me. I listened to it. I thought it was, you know, it's really well done. It sounds great. It's just yeah, the, same that, old- the production is good. It's just same old fucking rancid songs that are really clash songs, you know? And I think that's part of the reason maybe why I don't like rancid as much is because I'm not a big clash fan. I love the clash, but I, there's that, the that clash, never so. really, that, you that know, never the, really sunk in with me. This is the way I look at rancid. Uh, you want a band that plays really good clash songs. You know who they are. They're the clash, the clash. Yeah, (laughs) Rancid does not play very good Clash songs. And you're from Berkeley, so why do you sound like you're from Ireland? You know, it's a band. It's not a TV show. I get it. You're entertaining, so you're acting. You're doing this. But I don't listen to music to to see an act. I want realism in music. I don't want... I hate it when someone puts on a fake fucking accent while they're singing, you know. (laughs) Unless it's for one song and it's a parody, you know, or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> but uh i will say uh let the dominoes fall that uh, that's a rancid record i actually enjoy there, there's some pretty cool songs on that one uh so so there you go davy i'm not hating on rancid i do like one of their records but th- this one wasn't it chief um but one of them well, I, I don't hate rancid to. either i don't hate i want to make that clear too i don't hate rancid either i just don't see why they're doing it <laughs> yeah, uh, but one point. that I actually do have to give some props to because uh, it came out right before Halloween last year, and uh, I wasn't doing episodes of this, or I would have mentioned it then. Um, and there's a reason why I even went back and started listening to it again was because um, 
if you look at the something good network instagram or twitter or facebook i posted a photo recently of a uh, jerry only of the misfits um devout christian has never made that a secret um in fact one of my favorite quotes of his was uh in the early thousands when they were talking about him getting back together with danzig he said if danzig repents and goes to church maybe we'll talk okay so he is a hardcore christian dude and apparently money talks more than faith because look at him now and i guarantee you danzig has not repented anyway um but he has a new piece of artwork on his arm so one of his arms has always had like this big skull with the misfits logo underneath it it's it's not the traditional fiend skull and it's not the traditional misfits logo it's like a specific designed thing that is one of a kind on his arm on the other arm is a side profile of jesus with a crown of thorns and it says uh he who believes shall live forever with like blood splatter behind it okay all well and fine that's fine can you tell me why jesus has a devil lock i don't see it where if you, so if you go to the facebook page instagram page any of it i've posted the photo jerry only's jesus photo or jesus tattoo has a fucking devil lock <laughs> a devil lock <laughs> You know, the big, long strand of hair that all the Misfits guys put? Oh, okay, like yeah, yeah. Fences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. called a devil lock. Okay. Yes. His Jesus tattoo I see has it. a devil lock. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why even have That's a, fucking weird. Why even have a Jesus tattoo? Why play? What, what, yes, I mean, but if you why, are going to have a Jesus tattoo, why are you giving it a devil lock? Why not? What does it fucking matter? <laughs> so it looks cool. Is it? Was that? Is that the white Jesus too, or is that a, a real Jesus? That's like the uh, oh, Kenny, it was a white Jesus too. Yeah, Kenny Loggins, uh, Danger Zone Jesus. <laughs> so through that though, um, I did revisit Jerry Only's debut solo record he put out last year around Halloween, uh, mm. called let's see, called Antihero, and honestly, the record. I enjoyed it a lot more than I think I would have if it was called Misfits. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. If this yeah. record had been called The Misfits Antihero, <laughs> I wouldn't have liked it. But because it's called Jerry Only Antihero, I'm listening to it with a different set of ears. I'm not listening to it with Misfits ears. Yeah. I'm listening to it through Jerry Only ears. And for a Jerry-only titled record, it's not bad at all. This would be a horrible Misfits record. But because it is not the Misfits, I enjoy it a lot more. So the ones I'd recommend on that are Snake Eyes. Uh, kind of weird, cringy intro, but by the time the song fully kicks in, cool as fuck. Um, same thing with One Cell From You. Another really, really cool song on the record. 
So uh, if we've got any horror punk fans out there, um, definitely check out the record. I think it's really cool. At the very end, you will be hearing one cell from you, which is actually kind of a cool way to wrap up this episode. And it even kind of fades into the song pretty well. So that'll be a fun one. Definitely check it out if you want a little bit of uh, campy spookiness in your life. Jerry only is really good at providing the campy scary, not like the actual horror scary. And this is a camp record through and through. But that's part of the reason why I like it is because it's so campy and a little goofy. Like, like it's more kind of Ramonesy, garagey, doo-woppy. It, it, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Whoa, whoa, oh, okay. kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's nothing groundbreaking, but it's cool because there's like organs and keyboards on the songs, and you know, full guitar solos, and you know, guest spots by like Dave Lombardo on drums and shit like that. So it's it's a little bit more eclectic than what a traditional Misfits record would have been. There, there's but, some stuff on there you I don't think would have worked on a Misfits record. Right. What song did you say again? The um, it was uh, one self for you, and what was the other one? Taboo uh snake eyes snake eyes it's the uh third track on the record yeah i see it all right i'll give it a listen i'll see what it's about word up but yeah don't be like dave and sign up for our discord (laughs) (laughs) join in in the conversation if you have any topic ideas for us definitely leave it in there uh we may not take your topic idea but you know we'll we'll at least listen to it (laughs) we'll we'll take the suggestion whether or not the suggestion is used as a different uh, story but uh yeah uh in addition to that we've also got our instagrams and all that junk follow us on there listen to dave's show fatty stokes link is in the episode description as always um yeah and hopefully here soon after i get the new studio set up we will have merchandise for something good for you it's just with everything else going on y'all chill with everything else going on the last thing on my mind is whipping up a t-shirt give me a few more and you will have your something good t-shirts i like i like how you uh flip that logo though you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's still it looks the same same color schemes and everything but it's you know different so but you're a little updated it's 2023 baby your your old logo is fucking pretty cool too though so yeah right on well and that's why and that's why i took time with the new one i didn't just slap something together I, i that's like version three like I had, th- like I've made one. I thought I was happy with it. I looked back at it a few weeks later and went, "Nah, that ain't it." Scrapped it completely. Tried it again. Oh yeah, now, now I'm glad I did that. That's the way I want it to go. And the originally it was a, it was the same fonts and everything, mm-hmm. but it was coming out of a busted TV. Oh yeah, yeah. And it looked cool. And it looked cool as hell. Yeah. But then cool. when we were discussing, but then when we were discussing what the show was going to be, we landed on, well, let's make it mainly music based. And I looked at the logo again and went, fuck, a TV isn't music. (laughs) (laughs) So then I had to change it one more time. (laughs) And then now we're on where we are. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. whoopsie daisies but hey nothing good ever comes the first time around uh but for this episode of something good for you i've been alex i'm dave and hey if you get a chance okay when this comes out and you hear this if you get a chance go to fatty stokes and listen to this interview that i did with peter litwin he's the uh guitar player singer of coffin break and it was some seattle uh um 
uh, history there that I don't think a lot of people know. And it's going to be a, it's a really cool, really cool uh, conversation. So I want you guys to check it out. Excellent. Cause, cause they're bands. I'll throw they're, that link in the, those songs are fucking tight. They were cool. They were a Sweet. cool band and they're not hardly, no one ever knows them. So I did that really quick, but sorry for the shameless plug. Don't forget to wax your balls. <laughs> <laughs> listening. 
please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash something good network